Many years have passed and everyone's getting mad. Huh? What do you mean? I mean, everyone's getting Monsignor Achilles Dakai. His weekly Bible study is getting bigger, better, and stronger. This is the new and improved Gifted to Give podcast. Hi, I'm Ian. And I'm Jillian. We are here to spend quality time as we listen to the message of God through our beloved Monsignor Achilles Dakai, a Bible study that is truly gifted to give and a gateway evangelization to all those who are spiritually drained. Absolutely. Monsignor Dakai was the official spokesman of His Eminence Ricardo Cardinal Vidal. He had the title of Media Liaison. He is almost 90 years old and still passionate about preaching the Bible. Yes, he loves to reach out to a new and younger audience in making this podcast. Truly, he is gifted to give. Let's listen to a new episode with Monsignor Achilles Dakai. This feast of the presentation of the Lord, the fourth joyful mystery which we have already studied. And welcome once more to our Bible study online. But before anything else, let us pray. Almighty Father, send your Holy Spirit upon us that we may read your word with faith. Reflect on it with hope and realize it with love. Following the example of your only begotten Son, from whom we find a fulfillment, freedom, and the future with you forever. Amen. In the name of the Father, Son, the Holy Spirit. Amen. So here we are again trying to study as much as we can, as hard as we can, what the Bible says about the mysteries of the Rosary. This time, about the fifth mystery, the fifth joyful mystery, the institution of the Holy Eucharist. That's why we have on the background precisely the actual institution of the Holy Eucharist at the Last Supper. This Last Supper is recorded by the three of them, evangelists. But let us read that version of St. Mark, chapter 14, 26 to 22 to 26, please. And as they were eating, he took bread and blessed and broke it and gave it to them and said, Take this is my body. And he took a chalice, and when he had given thanks, he gave it to them, and they all drank of it. And he said to them, This is my blood of the covenant, which is poured out for many. Truly I say to you, I shall not drink again of the fruit of the vine until that day when I drink it new in the kingdom of God. 
Thank you, thank you very much for reading for us the rather short gospel according to St. Mark. If we really want to understand as much as we can this mystery of the Holy Eucharist, of the body and blood of Christ, of the Holy Mass, we should try to read what the Bible says about not only the actual institution at the Last Supper, but about the preparations that Jesus made so that slowly but surely the disciples then and us now may understand. So we now take a good look at those preparations. First of all, remember that when Mary gave birth to her firstborn son. She reported this to St. Luke, and St. Luke has recorded it, that Mary, after having wrapped with swaddling clothes her infant, she laid him on a manger, on a food tray, Since this is a sign, therefore, this is significant that later on, this infant to become Jesus will say, I am the bread of life. And precisely, Jesus was born in Bethlehem which is the city of bread. So that far, we already know about the Holy Eucharist, about the body and blood of Christ, about the Mass. But then, we know that Jesus grew up in age, wisdom, and grace for 30 years in Nazareth. When he was 30 years old, as St. Luke has noted, Jesus performed his first miracle. And what it was about, precisely, he changed water six stone jars of water into wine, the best wine at Cana of Galilee. This changing of water into wine is a miracle because Jesus did it instantly. San Miguel Brewery can do it, but through a long process. 
That's what a miracle is. But what was the intention? What did he mean to show us by performing that first miracle at Cana of Galilee during a wedding reception? It was to show for the first time that indeed he has power because when we would like to understand this institution of the Holy Eucharist, there are actually three questions that have been asked. First, could Jesus do it? Could did he have the power to do it? Second, why would he do it? And the third is, did he do it? That he did do it, we have precisely at the Last Supper, our background. At the Last Supper, he precisely turned to his body, the bread, and to his blood, the wine. So, at Cana of Galilee, his first miracle was to prove that indeed he could. He had the power to do whatever he would like with wine. Not only changing water to wine, but changing later on from wine to his blood. Second miracle of Jesus was when later on in Bethsaida, he multiplied five loaves of bread to feed 5,000 men. Again, this is a miracle because he did it instantly while Julius and Anita's big chefs can multiply bread but through a long process. This was his second miracle to prove that indeed he could. He had the power over bread. The few he could make many. The bread he could make his body. And the third miracle was he walked on the waters of the Sea of Galilee. It was a miracle because this can be done by those who have jet skis. They can walk on the waters of the sea. But Jesus, without anything, on his own two feet, he walked on the waters of the Sea of Galilee to show, to prove that indeed he could. He had the power over his own body. So, those three miracles were Eucharistic 
in content. Not only to prove that indeed he is God, aside from being man, but that he had that power over wine, over bread, and over his own body. Aside from miracles, Jesus tried by preaching, by speaking orally, by making statements, by revealing himself as bread of life. He says this in the synagogue in Capernaum. He made statements precisely Eucharistic in content. I am the bread of life. I am the living bread that came down from heaven. The bread that I shall give is my flesh for the life of the world. Those who eat my flesh and drink my blood have life eternal. I live in them and they live in me and I shall raise them up on the last day. That's why Jesus instituted the Holy Eucharist. His purpose was precisely to give us life here and hereafter. His purpose was precisely to guarantee that holy communicants not only begin to live eternally here, but later on shall be raised back to life after their deaths. So Jesus precisely made understandable for us this mystery by not only performing miracles but also by revealing himself, also by revelations of himself as the bread of life. Now, this mystery, like the other two mysteries, the joyful mysteries, have feasts, solemn feasts of their own. The baptism of Jesus at the Jordan has a feast. The, of course, the, the joyful mystery of the finding of the temple, uh, the transfiguration, the transfiguration, and then this fifth mystery, the feast of the Corpus Christi, of the body and blood of Christ. So there you are. If we want to really meditate on this fifth joyful mystery of this fifth mystery of light, I repeat, the fifth mystery of light, the institution of the Holy Eucharist, If we really want to contemplate it, we must 
precisely understand those miracles and those revelations. And then, when we receive this body and blood, when we consume his body and blood, let us be glad and grateful that we are being nourished not only to become strong in body, but also in the soul. And when we celebrate the feast of Corpus Christi precisely, let us show that we do believe. That's why I have always been telling you, when we line up at the Mass, when we line up, when we stand up and line up <coughs> to receive Holy Communion, first, close your hands, join them together, and be ready to say Amen when the priest, the celebrant, presents the body of Christ, the body of Christ, then with joined hands, say, Amen. And then after that, you open your hands when you hear the same priest saying the same word, but this time, take this and eat of it. When you hear that, take this and eat of it, that's the time you open your hands and receive it. And then you step aside and receive it. Take it with your right hand, put it on your mouth, and then go back to your seats. That's how we revere we accept the truth of the Holy Eucharist by those gestures which are disciplinary. I repeat on this mystery, the fifth mystery of light. That let us try to precisely come to Mass and be aware that there are liturgical gestures that we have to make to precisely show that indeed we believe with Amen and therefore we take and accept it with reverence. Here, we have a clearer vision, view of this mystery, the institution of the Eucharist with a better understanding of what we are expected to be and to do. We therefore say how wonderful this 
Eucharist, which is what we replay, as we may say, at every Holy Mass. So, at every Holy Mass, let us try to precisely participate in it actively so that when we are nourished not only by the Word of God in the Gospel, but also by receiving Holy Communion, when we go forth to home and to work, we are nourished, strengthened bodily and soul. I pass there then by all the other details of this sacrament but I repeat bear in mind those three questions with their three answers could Jesus do it why would Jesus do it and did he do it To receive Holy Communion worthily, we must be in a state of grace. St. Paul says, He who dares to receive Communion unworthily, therefore in a state of mortal sin, is condemned. Let us try to meditate on this and receive Holy Communion more often and more openly because our devotion is sincere, grounded on sound doctrine and guided by strict discipline. Here I pause for some of your actions or reactions Questions and Reflections
Good morning, Monsignor. Good morning. Would taking the body and blood of Christ in communion somehow erase or forgive the sins of a communicant not disposed properly to take communion? Remember, when we first receive Holy Communion after being baptized, then receive the First Communion, and then the Confirmation, those three initiation rites, Church, we must therefore try to precisely more, make more often the first communions that we did. We were all properly dressed in white, etc. And we were all prepared to receive it. So let us do the same preparations every time we receive Holy Communion so that the effects, the effects of the sacrament may be felt precisely in each and every one of us. Good morning, Mons. Good morning. Thanks for the reflection that Jesus prepared a lot of things to prove that he had the power to do what he liked, from water to wine, wine to his blood. It was a miracle because it was instant, not like us that we need a process to do it. His subsequent miracles prepared us that he had power over his own body. Salamat Mons. I value the Eucharist even more. That's right. So when we recite the Rosary, and make mention of this fifth mystery of light. The institution, I repeat, stop for a minute and meditate on it. It will profit us for salvation. Good morning, Mons. Good morning. I like what you said that Jesus made understandable for us this mystery by revealing himself as the bread of life. This mystery for me is where I feel our Protestant brothers and sisters are missing out. Jesus gave us this to prepare us for this life and the afterlife. What a gift only given in Mass. Is this a good starting point to have an open discussion with the Protestants? That's right. Remember, we alone, Catholics, we strongly, firmly believe this truth that Jesus is indeed in the most blessed sacrament under the species of bread and wine. 
Remember the International Eucharistic Congress. It was already the 51st heard in Cebu. Imagine for 51 times, 51 years, we have been showing to the whole world that indeed Jesus is what we revere at Mass and receive Holy Communion in Holy Communion. That's why we feel stronger in body and soul. Hello, Mons. Yeah. Is it correct to say that the Eucharist is not a reenactment of the Last Supper? It is not even a remembrance, but is the actual Last Supper made by Christ, instituted by His ordained ministry, minister, the priest made present to us all today? Yeah. Precisely, we priests have been ordained for this purpose, not only to administer baptism, confirmation, marriage, confession, but mainly for the institution of the Holy Eucharist which we review and repeat at every Holy Mass. This is a challenge to all celebrants, to all priests, that we must make this the center and the circumference of our pastoral life. The Mass, the Holy Eucharist within the Mass is the center and the circumference of our pastoral life. Hi, Monsignor Dakai. Hi. Valid raman ang act of spiritual communion, Monsno, for virtual Mass. I only do virtual Mass for everyday Mass but I go face to face for Sunday. Yeah. On whatever day, the Mass has the same value. When we say Mass on a Saturday after 4.30, liturgically, that is already Sunday Mass, because the day liturgically begins and ends at 8 p.m. In other words, it is not right anymore to call this Saturday celebration of Mass as the anticipated Mass. No, it is the Sunday Mass. We are not anticipating the Sunday Mass. We are celebrating the Sunday Mass after six. 
or after 4.30. If you want to take a good look at the sitting position of the apostles, you have John the apostle to his right and Judas to his left. Imagine that. Jesus was in love. He, he has a, a loved disciple to his right and he had Judas whom he was also trying to convert but betrayed him, sold him for 30 pieces of silver but the position, the sitting position signifies that Jesus has love for both of them. He wants everybody to be saved. The same with the two thieves on the cross. The one to the right and the other to his left were all souls to be saved. That's why we cannot say that after saying to the good thief, you shall be with me in paradise, we cannot say that he did not say any word to the guy on the left. God has grace for all of us. It's our duty and our salvation to make good use of them. Peter in this sitting position is very far from both of them. Maybe he felt ashamed for having denied Jesus three times. That's why he's somehow away from them. But I repeat, John to his right and Judas to his left means that Jesus has a love for both of them. John, we know, lived up to his old age of 101. He died that old at the age of 101. And Judas, we know, hung himself early. Too bad. And so here we pause for our final blessing. The Lord be with you. May Almighty God bless you, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. So again, thank you and welcome once more to another Bible study online next Friday. That was an amazing Bible study session. You think so, Jill? Yes, Monsignor Dakai is truly remarkable. I have learned a lot from his reflections. Can you share your learnings and takeaways? Today's reading was focused in Mark chapter 14, verses 22 to 25, and it's about the institution of the Eucharist. This mystery clearly shows us the gift Jesus gives us as preparation for life here in the living and in the afterlife. This is what makes us Catholics so unique and privileged to be able to take the body of Christ.
That's right, Jill. And we are reminded always to go to Mass every Sunday, or if possible, every day. We're also reminded that when we celebrate the Holy Eucharist, that it is God who is our focus when we celebrate the Holy Eucharist. And we're so blessed that we are part of the Church. And that is grace. I would like to thank Monsignor Achilles Dakai for another wonderful episode of the Gifted to Give podcast. I would like to thank my new partner, Jillian, for sharing your reflections and learnings. Of course! I am so excited to be part of this rebranding of the podcast. I will definitely see you next week for another episode of Gifted to Give podcast. With Monsignor Achilles Dakai, goodbye and to God be the glory.